Welcome to Mo on the Movies. Don't be ridiculous, darling. It's Mo on the movies. Kiss me. Not a chance. KFI AM six forty. More stimulating talk. This is the Gary and Shannon show. I'm Mo Kelly filling in for Gary and Shannon. And usually on Fridays, I would be sitting in the other chair listening to Gary and Shannon fire me the questions. But now I'm sitting in the big chair, and I'll be firing. The questions at ABC News Entertainment contributor Matt Wolf as we discuss some of the missteps, the movie missteps of 2017, and some of the much anticipated movies of 2018. Matt, it's good talk. Good to talk to you. How are you, sir? Sure. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, <laughs> some of the movies which are on the way for 2018, I can't wait. But before we get there, let's talk about some of the real disappointments of 2017. For me. Justice League, mm. and also, and I understand you as an employee of ABC slash Disney may not like to hear this, but I oh, really good. dislike The Last Jedi. Yeah, we could talk about that uh, in a little while, but let's see, you know, I mean, okay, let's talk about it right now. Star Wars <laughs> The Last Jedi, okay. It, I, I said when when I came out of this movie a couple of weeks ago, I saw it before it was released, and I said to my friends, this is going to be the most divisive Star Wars movie ever since the prequels. Probably the, the, the most divisive Star Wars ever, and there's a camp that really, really loves this flick, and there's a camp that really, really hates this flick, and, you know, my view on the whole thing was I was split right down the middle. But the movie is going to gross internationally and with domestic numbers. It's probably going to break a billion dollars by this weekend. So, you know, Star Wars, for all intents and purposes, not dead yet by any means. So I wouldn't exactly consider it a failure, maybe a little bit of a critical failure, depending on who you talk to. And when you look overall, you mentioned Justice League before. I mean, that for me was kind of a heartbreaker because – you know, I'm a Marvel guy. I, I right. love Marvel comics, and I love those characters, too. But you're talking Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the Troika. Heritage. Uh, yeah, right. Characters. Talking, exactly. Heritage characters. And it's just like, you know, how could you go wrong with this? Well, <laughs> they did it. Well, $224 million domestic take and uh, $647 million international is not terrible. But according to sources, the cost of this movie was two hundred fifty. $50 million, and critically, it was just, it was a flop. It fell flat for a lot of people, including myself. And even the appearance of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, who did awesome with her solo movie this past summer, you know, it, mm -hmm. it couldn't even save this thing from mediocrity. Well, with 2017 out of the way, we can look forward to 2018, and there are a number of of hotly anticipated mm -hmm. movies coming. I'm yep. a Marvel guy, as you are. I cannot wait for February and Black Panther, just for starters. How about you? Well, listen to this cast. I mean, you got Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan as the villain, Lupita Nyong'o, Forrest Whitaker, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. I mean, look at this cast for one thing. The movie from the trailers, it looks absolutely fantastic in terms of its look. And I mean, we know how trailers can be. They can, you know, sort of heighten a mediocre movie to, to, to great, you know, right. length. But what I like about the Marvel films is, and again, you know, Marvel is owned by Disney, our parent company, we should 
had mentioned. But what I've always enjoyed about the Marvel films is that they have a lot of writers, a lot of people behind the scenes who care about these characters and that know how to bring them to the screen in a way that not only appeases the fans, but the general population as well. Look at what happened a couple of years back with Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew who these guys were unless you were a big Marvel comics guy. I mean, even Stan Lee, he said, I don't know much about them. Right. They they were the B squad of the Marvel Universe. And the guy's like, how are you going to make a movie about a talking tree and a, and a talking raccoon work? But they did it. <laughs> I Twice. I don't know how, but they did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're going to do the same thing with Black Panther, I think. And then also following up with that Fandango's annual poll for most anticipated films next year, what do you think? Another Marvel movie, Avengers Infinity War. This Woo-hoo! one is the biggie, right? <laughs> and for most people who don't know, very quickly, this is the culmination of a 10-year storyline which began with Iron Man back in 2008, and now you'll see all the Infinity Stones. And going back to Black Panther, most yeah. people don't know, maybe the Soul Stone, the last stone, is in Wakanda. I had to get nerdy there for a second. That's okay. I feel you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel you. But explain for people how this Avengers saga is so really, really anticipated. Well, it's significant because, like you said, this is a storyline that has been, you know, building up for 10 years of these movies, which started in the original Iron Man, which turns 10 years old next year. I can't even believe that for itself. I can't even believe 10 years ago we first saw Robert Downey Jr. suit up in the role. But also, this is signaling a little bit, probably even more so, of a shift in the Marvel movies that you'll see going forward, because a lot of the actors, their contracts are running out. Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth, all these guys, and they're not going to keep playing these characters forever. So there's a general sense that things are coming to an end in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it. And there's all these rumors and speculation going online that there's going to be some kind of a time reboot where you're going to see new characters or the same characters with different actors playing the roles. We'll have to see. But big changes are coming to the Marvel Universe in terms of the screen. And I think the guys behind the scenes, like Kevin Feige, are going to do it right. The fact that you mentioned that, and as far as contracts coming to an end, I've been hearing that ups the stakes in terms of what happens in the movies, that characters could die, will die. Right, exactly. And it's just, listen, it's it's all fun. It's all speculation. Like, what will happen to Thor? What's going to happen to Iron Man and this and that? I mean, these characters who we've grown to love on screen in the last 10 years, you know, that we're so used to seeing now coming to life, you know, another Captain America movie. And we just got Spider-Man going back with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's another thing, too. You know, now that Disney and Marvel have acquired 20th Century Fox and their stable of Mar- Marvel characters, including the X-Men and Deadpool. Deadpool. I mean, they're going to listen. These movies are going to be around for a long time, <laughs> long after you and I are gone from this earth, my friend. I absolutely love it. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Matt Wolf, ABC News entertainment contributor. And before I let you go, I am less enthusiastic about Jurassic World 2. I think we've hit the tipping point of how many times that uh, dinosaurs can run amok and surprise humans and eat them all. Maybe that's just me. 
<laughs> well, that being said, yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is going to be another Jurassic uh, movie coming out this summer where the dinosaurs will run amok and have a snack here or two, <laughs> here and there and everything. Okay. But people said the same thing. How many times can we see this again? A couple of years ago when Chris Pratt took the reins in the franchise. And you know what? That turns out to be the number one grossing movie of that year. Again, mm-hmm. it's about quality, okay? When you put when you put a movie out today especially, you want somebody to sit there like like with the last Jedi for two and a half hours. You better give them something of quality material because they're paying a lot too. And they've got all these other choices today in entertainment. If you're gonna put a big old dinosaur up on screen, it better be doing a song and dance, if you know what I'm saying, with Chris Pratt. <laughs> Absolutely and I cannot wait. This is one of those years where there may be seven or eight movies that I'll need to see First night, because I have to be there before anyone else can poison my mental right. thought about the movie. Black because Panther he, on down. These are event movies. You have to understand something. For as many times as, as a Jurassic World will come out, you know, it's it's sort of like an event. Because another thing about Jurassic World, and you're going to hear a lot about this with the marketing coming up, I'm sure, next year. Can you believe the first Jurassic Park will be celebrating its 25th year anniversary next year? Thank you for making me feel old. I appreciate that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But I think that's part of the reason why it was successful, because there was that space in between for fans to miss the franchise. Right, exactly. You let it rest. And that's what George Lucas smartly did with Star Wars all those many years before the prequels came out. I mean, you know, we didn't see anything about Star Wars for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden you had those, remember the special editions came out? Sure do. The new effects and everything. And all of a sudden, Star Wars goes back into the national consciousness again. And what do you know? Interest starts to build up. And surprise, we're going to do the prequels. But we won't talk about Jar Jar Binks again now, will we? No, we will not. We'll just end on a good note. He is Matt Wolf, ABC News Entertainment Contributor. Matt, thank you for all of your insight. I can't wait. Black Panther is coming up in February. Happy Mm. New Year to you, my friend, and let's talk again soon. It's going to be fun. We'll talk to you next year. I tell you, that is something for me which means a lot, being able to have movies to look forward to. I look forward to each and every Star Wars movie well in advance, years in advance. And, of course, with heightened expectation and anticipation, you might have greater disappointment, as I did in this one particular case. But more times than not, it's really worth it, especially when it comes to Star Wars movies. There will be a Star Wars movie in 2018. It's the Han Solo movie. People are very concerned about it at this point. Rumors are going around in terms of media and the industry that this movie may not be up to snuff. They've already had to remove the first set of directors on the project. And I believe Ron Howard has taken over, done a lot of reshoots. And we all know when you have multiple directors and conflicting visions, sometimes you end up having a disjointed movie. There's going to be a star Wars movie each year for the next two or three years. If I'm not mistaken, that's something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to the Marvel movies of 2018, which are Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and also the sequel to Ant-Man after that. Three highly anticipated Marvel movies. And people may be unfamiliar with Black Panther in the way that they were unfamiliar with Guardians of the Galaxy 
They were unfamiliar with Ant-Man. They were unfamiliar with Iron Man, honestly, because if you look back through the annals of history, Iron Man was a very lightly regarded Marvel character. It was not one of the majors at all. If you think about it, Thor is not one of the major Marvel characters. Part of it is because Marvel had to sell off the rights to their major characters back in the day to Sony and Fox when they were going through bankruptcy. That's why Sony ended up with Spider-Man, one of their main characters. That's why you had the Incredible Hulk, where they can't even do an Incredible Hulk under the Marvel banner. He can uh, appear as a character in Marvel movies, but not a standalone movie. That's why in Thor Ragnarok, he was prominently featured, but it was not a, a Hulk movie. Yeah, I mean, that answers actually so many questions for me. I was watching Spider-Man 3 last night. Don't ask me why. It's just uh, kind of my uh, condolences. <laughs> just some of the best of clips, I guess. But, you know, I was watching as, a, you know, Sandman. He's like one of the main villains of the right. film. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I know Sandman from when I was a kid growing up. But, like, I never thought twice about Sandman. And he seems like a relatively minor character. You know, maybe it was just in, in the 90s when I was growing up. Uh, he didn't have so much of a presence uh, in the comics I was reading. And so I just... In general, I don't know how they had chosen which villains come in because these were never really the big ones. I mean, like Spider-Man 1, I would have thought like uh, Carnage or something like that. You know, he was the big bad guy, the big villain I remember from when I was a kid. And I, I, I hadn't seen him come out. <laughs> I was angry at that iteration of Spider-Man, not at Tobey Maguire, the fact they misused the villains. If you're a fan of Spider-Man, you know that Venom is one of his arch enemies, sure. one of the best written characters. Eddie Brock. And then you have Venom as a side villain, along with Sandman in the same movie. Venom deserved his own movie all by himself. He's that major a character and villain. He was misused. But that was part of the friction between uh, Marvel Studios, which produced Iron Man and all Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy and so forth, and studios like Sony, which had the rights to Spider-Man, and Fox which had the rights until the merger of X-Men and also uh, Fantastic Four and so forth. This really does answer so many of my questions from the past five years. Yeah, that's why people say, well, why is it Marvel doesn't or did not use Spider-Man and those other characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It's because they did not have the rights to their originally owned characters because Stan Lee and Marvel had to sell them off just to stay afloat. And now since Marvel has done so well, they're, trying to buy them all back. And with the Disney merger, that in fact did that for them without specifically buying the rights back. They just have the rights and they own the company through Disney to be able to use them now. That is very cool. And there there are a lot of uh, clauses in in these agreements that people don't understand. Even the use of Spider-Man now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a character, Marvel can do whatever they want with him within the Avengers But when Spider-Man has his own movie, as he did Homecoming, it's still created by Sony, but creatively it's guided by Marvel and it's marketed um, by Sony, though. So it's really intricate as far as how characters can be used, where they can be used. And people aren't familiar with Black Panther, but he's always been a prominent member of the Avengers comic. So this is the first time anyone has really seen Black Panther on the screen be it as a cartoon or even obviously as a full-length feature movie. So people are really high on that one. And the director, Ryan Coogler, if you liked 
the movie Creed, what he did with Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan, then you'll probably like his eye for what he has for action and being able to tell a story. Ryan Coogler is one of the the many up-and-coming directors on the scene who's been given one of these big blockbusters, and people are wondering, okay, here's the big movie budget. Don't mess it up. We trust in your vision, but we don't need you to have a Ryan Johnson moment where people are so conflicted and then divided where I love it or hate it because here is the bigger issue. Black Panther is the last Marvel movie leading into Avengers. As Black Panther goes, so will Avengers Infinity War will go. If Black Panther does exceptionally well, it then further catapults the expectations for Avengers because it is directly related to then what happens next in the Avengers. Everything is then riding on the shoulders of Black Panther. And there's so many other movies that we were talking about. I'm I'm kind of nonplussed, and you probably heard it in my voice when I was speaking to Matt Wolf about Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, whatever they're going to call it, because there are only so many ways I believe you can tell that story. And I think they've told that story enough. First, it was a, an amusement park. Now it's a whole island amusement park. And now the dinosaurs, they, they've you know, proven Dr. Ian Malcolm correct. Life found a way. And so they've turned it basically into Monster Island, Jurassic Park. We have all these monsters just running around. How many times can you bring back the Tyrannosaurus Rex? The same one in every single, every single movie. I don't know if there are any more stories to tell in that regard. But for a new generation, it could work. If if you're not as fond of the original trilogy or you weren't old enough to best appreciate the trilogy, which first came out in 1993, which is quite conceivable, then yes, this may still be somewhat new for you and enjoyable for you. I'm just not as up on it as I was the very first one, going back to seeing the trailers of the cup of water on the dashboard shaking Classic. with each tremor of the Tyrannosaurus Rex moving closer. That was great filmmaking. Even today, how you tell a story, that very specific scene is iconic, goes down in cinematic history. I'm not so sure we have any of those moments subsequent to that. That's what I'm looking for. And I don't know about you, Deborah Mark. Are there any specific movies that you're eagerly anticipating for 2018? Well, there's still a bunch of movies that I haven't seen this year. Yeah, you and me both. So I... I so I'm looking, I mean, honestly, I want to see The Greatest Showman. Yes. That's the one yes. that I really want to see right now. Go see it. It's fantastic. Is How is it? Hugh? Oh, he's awesome. I, I love Hugh Jackman in mm-hmm. pretty much always because, and also, how many men can go be Wolverine perfectly and then go sing for two hours and be perfect as well? you got to remember, he's already won a Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical. It's fantastic. It's a Great movie. You should definitely see it. So, I, I mean, saw him and he was in Les Mis, right? Yes. 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 And he was, he was amazing in that. You know what I saw, though? I was kind of disappointed in it. I, I'm sorry. I was in the other room. So if you already talked about this movie, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I saw All the Money in the World last night. Oh. I had a screener. Wow. How was it? That disappointing, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Really? <laughs> I was really looking forward to that movie. And... I mean, the story was great. I mean, the story was fine, but I just was expecting a lot more, so I was disappointed. Isn't it on the Academy Awards shortlist? Uh-huh. But often that's the case. There are a lot of movies that we hear about 
and they're going to get Academy Award consideration, and the general public has not seen them to a great degree. And then you finally get to see them, and it's like, oh, all right, I'm underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed. That's the perfect way to describe that movie for me. Now, mm-hmm. that, that's that's just my opinion. I thought Christopher Plummer, he was great. He's a great actor. But this movie just didn't, I don't know. I, I think my expectations were really high. And that's why I'm kind of worried about The Greatest Showman because I really, really want to see that. I try to keep my anticipation in check because it's very easy for me to get disappointed with a movie. Very easy. So there are movies that I'm personally, I'm eager to see, but I try not to let the hype in a, in a grand sense suck me in. It's hard for a movie like Avengers. I've been waiting on this for about 10 years because, because I've been following the storyline. I'm going to get caught up in it and I'm going to risk being disappointed. But other movies, yeah, like The Greatest Showman, it's setting me up for disappointment. I'm hearing nothing but great things. Exactly. And people saying, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. It's great. Hugh Jackman, he's great. You've already put the bar so damn high. Now, La La Land, remember last year, I really wanted to see that. When I saw it, I didn't love it. But I saw it again. I just saw it the other day on HBO, and I loved it so much Oh, more. I saw La La Land, and I was nonplussed. I was like, See it really? again. You have to see really? it again. <laughs> Because I'm a fan of musicals, movie musicals, actual stage Broadway show musicals. I come in with a different expectation, quality of songwriting. I'm the same way. Performance of the singers and everything. And not all musicals translate to film very well. So I'm looking at it and listening to it, I would say, very differently than most people. You should see it again, Mo. Okay, I'll try it again because the first time I was like, Really? That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> exactly how it I felt. It wasn't bad. It's just I wasn't blown away. That's right. all. Maybe it had been at that point so long since we had seen a very good musical. And honestly, I was not blown away by Chicago. I was not. The movie version, I was not. I saw that as well. Yeah, I think I well, I think I liked that one better than La La Land. But again, yes. seeing La La Land for a second time, I don't know what it was. And it could have been my mood. I enjoyed it so much more. All right, maybe I need to do it with a drink in my hand or something. There you go. I'll try that. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. It's the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. The last Friday of the year. Are you ready for 2018? Or are you like me, just taking it as it comes and it will be here and it will be what it will be? I try not to make too much of the new year. That goes back to expectations and disappointments. But it is a good benchmark to see where I am, where I'm going. I was saying earlier on the show before you got in, Deborah, that I don't have a resolution list But I will set some goals professionally as benchmarks that I want to reach. And however I get there is however I get there. I'm not going to say I want to eat less or drink less or exercise more, those nonspecific things. I like concrete goals, which are not connected to lifestyle changes, but advancement of my life in certain ways. Because 
I'm always going to be striving to be better as a person and, and eat better and do better. So I don't need a specific resolution to address that, if that makes any sense. It makes sense. sense, yeah. I'm sort of the same way. And as I get older, it's like, uh, there's certain things I just know that I'm not going to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I have said I'm going to eat better as I'm eating a vegan donut. I mean, I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep certain things like eating better. It's just hard. What is no a sugar. vegan donut with no sugar? No, no, it does egg. have sugar. Oh, it, it, does has, have sugar. it has a lot of sugar. It just doesn't have, it's, I think it just isn't made with lard. I mm-hmm. think most donuts are made with lard. So a vegan donut doesn't have that. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's an apple fritter without any animal products. Only reason I asked because my wife became a vegan in the past, I would say three months. Oh, and she's all the way in. She needs to go to Voodoo Donuts in Universal City if she likes donuts because they have a whole bunch of vegan donuts. She's trying to expand the whole dietary options available to her. So, of course. Indian yeah. food. Mm-hmm. I, I eat a lot of Indian food. Lentils, garbanzo beans. Just make sure there's no dairy in them. I can give you a whole list of Send stuff. Send it to me, girl. Okay. Right on. What is not in my diet, or at least in my television diet, I do not, for the most part, my wife, obviously, opposite of me, she watches a lot of this. I don't watch any um, reality TV. I just don't get anything out of it. And I don't watch any daytime television. I'm not going to watch the show with Dr. Phil or or an Oprah-style show or was it Wendy Williams or Steve Harvey. Those shows just don't do anything for me. I don't get any enjoyment out of them. But I do know a little something what goes on. And I was not surprised in a general sense. I don't know if you saw this story, Deborah, about the Dr. Phil show being accused of supplying an addict who was a guest, both drugs and alcohol, right before taping. What? No, I didn't see that. That's so disappointing. It sounds sensationalized, and I'm not saying that it is true because I can't independently confirm it, but... According to um, a number of published news reports, uh, a guy by the name of Todd Herzogme may have, he won the reality show Survivor in 2007, but by 2013, he was suffering from alcoholism. Dr. Phil flew him and his family out to make an appearance on the show. Herzog uh, claims that he arrived on the set sober and inside of his dressing room were two well-placed liters of vodka which I do believe because many of these green rooms for these sets, for these shows, they do provide alcohol to, let's say, lubricate guests. So they will relax. So they will be more... uh, Comfortable. Yeah, comfortable and more apt to perform and let it all loose on a show set. That's not new. The idea that there will be alcohol backstage doesn't surprise me at all. The point is, did they intentionally provide alcohol to spur on someone who was struggling with alcohol and on the show regarding alcoholism to drink and then seem much worse off. That is the point of contention. I can't imagine that that would be. Maybe it was just an oversight. They forgot to take the booze out of the, right. out, out right. of the room. I can't imagine that somebody would purposely do that. I hope that's the case. But I don't put anything past Hollywood because I just know the nature of Hollywood. I don't think that produ- I don't from what I know, I don't think producers would risk the name of Dr. Phil for such a cheap stunt That'd like that. That'd be so sleazy. Yeah. 
but it's not the only person alleging it. There is more than one person on more than one occasion who is alleging similar uh, type behavior. There's, in fact, uh, um, a person by the name of Joel King Parrish has stated that a staffer actually accompanied her daughter to purchase heroin before an appearance on the program last year. And Marianne Smith claims a Dr. Phil producer helped her niece get heroin. Hopefully everyone's lying. That's the only thing I can say. Usually they aren't. We've seen it in other things as it relates to sexual harassment. You see a number of people come forward. You have to then say, well, is everybody lying? Because for me, only one person needs to be telling the truth. Just one. And that would bother me greatly. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't, and I say I don't watch daytime TV, so I don't have this affinity for Dr. Phil. It's not like I want to protect him. I'm saying for goodness sake, as they say, I hope that this isn't true. I would hope that there aren't television producers for daytime television providing alcohol to alcoholics intentionally and or purchasing heroin for guests to help them with their habits and then bring them on the air high. I hope that that's not true. I hope so, too. That's so sad. But did you know that Dr. Phil is the highest paid personality in daytime TV? Yes, I did know that. I don't know what he makes, but I know that he makes buku bucks. $79 million last year in 2016. $79 million in one year. I'm doing something wrong here. And I guess that eclipsed Judge Judy because I, I thought she oh, was. Oh, yeah. She makes a lot of money. $79 million in one year. And you think daytime television. Yeah, with syndication all around the country. What did Oprah sense. make? Do you know what? Did she make less than that when she was on? Probably she did, but that probably was relative to inflation That's and true. contracts for the time period. Because it's been a while since she's been on daytime and television. And she's the one that really got Dr. Phil's. Yes. Period. Yes. He should be thanking her for the rest of his life. I wonder what he gives her for Christmas. Wow. Not enough. That, that much I know. <laughs> there is not a good enough gift. No way. You're right. Because the only reason we know about Dr. Phil is because of Oprah. Yeah. $79 million That's in crazy. one year. And we're worried about football players? <laughs> Please. <laughs> this is the Gary and Shannon Show. Mo Kelly. And for Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. And we could pull this off a push KFI AM 640. This is the Gary and Shannon Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for Gary and Shannon. I've so enjoyed being here with you as we pretty much close out 2017. The next time I'll be in this chair in terms of Gary and Shannon, it'll be 2018. But you're always welcome to come on over and check out the Mo Kelly Show, which is heard Saturdays and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. here on KFI. Talk about the same stuff, except... Might be a little bit raunchier, a little bit more crass. We have features like WTF News, um, Dying Time is here, Muller Time, things like that. It's it's like beer. Remember the first time you tasted beer? You probably said, bleh, bleh, I don't like the taste. And then maybe six months later, you're an alcoholic. Why? Because you kept drinking. And then you learned to like it. That's me. I'm Beer. I'm an acquired taste. I'm a Moscato. I'm sweet. Oh, I, I can't even say anything. <laughs> I can't try to no make comeback. a joke around that. No, I have no <laughs> comeback whatsoever. But in the last three or four minutes that I do have, let me just go ahead and go around the horn. Joey, what are your New Year's plans? 
Let's if see. you're allowed to say. If I'm allowed to say to yeah. keep it, uh, you know, family friendly. You know, I, I am actually. Uh, I think I'm going to be going to see Postmodern Jukebox, actually, at the Walt Disney Concert Hall this oh, year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, got a couple of tickets right here. I'm looking at them. Very nice. Thanks, Nikki. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good night, I think. Blake, we're having a family movie night. That actually sounds fun. Yeah. So, like, we're my mom and I actually had already talked about it. We're going to watch a couple of movies during the day on New Year's, and then we're all going down to my sister's and eating dinner and watching a movie. I don't know what it is, but we're just going to do that. It sounds like fun and and just keeping it simple. Yeah. I've never done anything but that. I've, like, all those uh, in their 20s go out to the clubs and go to the parties and like all me? that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was me. I, I've never done any of that stuff, which it does sound like it'd be fun, but uh, my family, it's always a... It's always a good time with them, so I go with that. I'm just telling you, if you get a chance to go on a party bus from L.A. to San Diego for a radio station, do it. I would. That would sound like a blast. You have no idea. I will tell you off air. (laughs) Deborah Mark. We are taking the kids, and we are going out for sushi on New Year's Eve. I eat the vegetarian rolls. I know you're looking at me. That's what we're doing. We're going out to dinner, and then uh, that's it. Wait a minute. Okay, so they will the restaurant be open at a decent? You're not. Yeah, we have a six thirty reservation. Okay, it's an early reservation because then okay. all the kids go out. They have their own plans. Oh, that's so right, we're doing a family dinner. I well, yeah, or at least grown in their mind. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like fun. See, low key, I think is what I need this year. And in fact, since I have to be back here. The next morning, I'll probably be in the office at like 8 o'clock, New Year's Day. Oh, you're here earlier than I will be. I will be here. Happy New Year's. What is we'll your shift here. on New Year's? Uh, two to six, the okay. normal. The okay, normal so one. we'll be crossing paths yes. as I leave. You'll be coming yes. in. You're normal. Okay. So what are you going to do then, New Year's Eve? Play I was, with your puppy? I was supposed to go to a party um, with Dr. Wendy. She's throwing a party. Oh, oh I guess I wasn't invited. <laughs> I, I'm not well, going to get in all that. I'm well, not going to get in all that. I don't know her very well. It's just one of those things where I can't because I have my show to do on Sunday mm-hmm. and then turn around and do this show on Monday. Oh, yeah. That's it's, a lot. Yeah. And it just makes it very difficult to, to burn the candle. I'll tell you what ends. you should do. Bring in food and hang out with your wife and puppy. Bring in food. That means bring the puppy here. Can't you eat beef? Wait, what time is your shift? Well, my shift is like maybe from 2 to 8 on Sunday. Okay, so then bring in food after 8. Have a late dinner. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Yeah. Or I could just drive home and and be home in 40 minutes and be with the wife and the puppy. and Not not in that order, but... Then what are you going to eat? It's all about food for me. I don't know. I haven't even thought that far ahead yet. Okay. Well, at least I put it in your mind. Thank you. You're welcome. Brian Suits. Coming up, John and Ken show. We were asking everyone what they're doing for New Year's. Who had the, who had the over on, on, <laughs> on the, on the, belk, the belk bowl? <laughs> I don't even own a belk. I haven't hunted for belk for years. I'm quite sure the over-under was less than 100. That's the best part about bowl season is just throw that out. It's like the defense has slept. My alma mater decided not to show up last night at the uh, San Diego uh, Holiday Bowl. Uh, and so we got spanked. So, uh, so anyway, we're doing that. Um, I'm, I'm on the record. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm on the record back to 2015 saying uh, Trump is not a Republican. Trump's unqualified. Trump is a narcissist, the whole thing. Talk to a friend of mine about something that I'd never, ever heard of that um, has, has given me uh, some insight into the guy that, that, that 
no one is hearing about in the media. A, a, a friend of mine died in Afghanistan four years ago, uh, leaving a wife and two little boys. And Trump invited him to the Oval Office a couple of weeks ago. Never heard of it. And I'll, so we'll talk about that. Also, we're going to talk with uh, with Chardonnay Farron uh, here at 2 o'clock about uh, the Chargers, the Rams, and USC tonight. We're going to talk some football with Chardonnay Farron. Are you allowed to tell everyone what is on your hat? Why? Which one is this? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I do. I'm going to be streaming on YouTube on okay. CheapYourself.com. Okay. Yeah, if you, if you read Arabic, you'll know exactly what I'm wearing. Um, and but I don't. Yesterday, so. <laughs> yesterday I had my F bomb, the letter F in that bomb. Uh-huh. Uh, today I'm going with uh, with uh, the word kufar in uh, in Arabic, <laughs> which is not a dirty word. You sure? Yeah. Well, it's it's a pejorative. This okay. Not yeah, a I was going to say. <laughs> Brian Seuss is coming up next. In for John and Ken. I'm out of here. Have a very happy and safe New Year. This is the Gary and Shannon Show, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Watch for another episode soon of Gary and Shannon. Now is the time, and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South, the Citadel, online, on your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.